Well, um, thanks to Mandy and to uh, Sid for explaining forgiveness to us. Uh, that means you can have an early mark and um, I can sit down. No, um, you don't get off that easily. Um, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us to come to uh, a deeper understanding of forgiveness. Uh, please give us concentration and focus and uh, please... Um, I ask that what I say be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you got a um, an outline on the way in. Um, Joe's asked me to preach on forgiveness from Ephesians 4, and he made a very good choice, an excellent choice, because um, I'm an expert in forgiveness. Um, I'm quick to take offence. I'm slow to forgive and slow to say sorry, um, like Sid. Um, I'm reliably informed by a source close to me that um, I didn't say sorry for anything in the first 10 years of marriage. Um, perhaps my young bride was sorry that she said yes. Um, so we're looking at forgiveness. Uh, we're looking at the impact uh, on the health of the church, the body um, of forgiveness or the lack thereof, and we're looking at the spiritual standing of those who fail to forgive. But first, some context. Um, Ephesians speaks to the blessings of being chosen and brought into the kingdom, um, of being made alive in Christ and made one in Christ. The theme of unity um, is continued in the first half of chapter 4. And Paul explains the, the imperative to live a life worthy of the calling, and that incorporates unity. So um, from verse 1 of chapter 4, As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. The chapter goes on to explain uh, that God has gifted the church so that it can grow to maturity and he uses the image of a body with Christ as the head. He goes on to talk about putting off the old self and putting on the new self and he gives some details of uh, living the Christian life, things to do and not to do, um, with the aim of preserving and increasing um, unity and growing together in maturity. So, Derek uh, shared with us last week about anger and before that Andrew White spoke about speech and today we're looking at forgiveness. So what then is this thing called forgiveness? Um, forgiveness for the English teachers is defined in the Oxford Dictionary to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offence, flaw or mistake. But Christian forgiveness is much more than that. Um, in the church context, it's a spiritual work where a believer who has 
uh, been wrong, wrong by someone else, uh, forgives the other person in obedience to Christ. Um, the believer has been spiritually transformed by the Holy Spirit and that's why he forgives. And this in turn promotes unity and a healthy body of Christ. Um, obviously, if the body of Christ is in unity, so just say um, the body of Christ uh, is ligaments and muscles and tendons and um, they work on the hand. So the hand can, well, if I was musical, it could play piano or play guitar. Um, I can write, I can type slowly um, and that's with the ligaments and tendons and muscles working together. But if the ligaments and tendons fight with each other, um, they can't achieve. There'll be limited range of movement. There'll be atrophy. Um, So we need unity of all the parts. Well, so before we look at why believers should forgive and how to forgive, let's think about hurts. Now, we've all been hurt and we've probably all been hurt profoundly, perhaps at church, in our families, um, at school or at work. So the need for forgiveness is precipitated by hurt and sadly in the church we're actually pretty good at hurting each other, at at causing pain to each other, um, at sinning against each other. Now, it took me about 32 seconds to come up with a long list of the sort of hurts that we generate in churches, and this is um, a a snapshot of those. Um, We can have unrealistic expectations. Um, There can be unrealistic expectations by the congregation of the minister and his wife or expectations on the assistant minister or youth leaders. Um, There can be unrealistic expectations of wardens and Bible study leaders and musicians and at the same time a minister or other leaders can have unrealistic expectations of um, those in the pews. So these expectations become sinful uh, if they're driven by pride, arrogance, scorn or self-interest. Other problems in the church are where people are ignored or treated with indifference. Um, uh, They're regarded as unimportant or even invisible and that can result from the sin of scorn and favouritism. And gossip and breaking confidences uh, can be incredibly hurtful and all these hurts sting doubly hard because they occur, uh, occur in the church the body of Christ, and it's with Christians that we should be able to be the most transparent and the most vulnerable. But, of course, outside the church, uh, there's profound hurt as well. There can be deep uh, divisions and uh, long-held grudges in families. Um, There can be bullying and toxicity at work and school. At school, um, we just get... There's just more and more opportunities to to bully with um, electronic devices. At work, um, a lot of workplaces are toxic and colleagues uh, can bully uh, someone or managers can um, assume that they have 
more authority than they do hold um, in the way they approach employees. So how do we respond um, to all these hurts in and out of the church? Are we prepared to forgive um, or do we maintain an unforgiving attitude and descend into bitterness? Now, bitterness is a state of anger and resentment. And bitterness, of course, is very corrosive and leads to broken and toxic relationships, whether in the church or home or work or school. Why, then, should we forgive? As fallen beings, we're hardwired to want those who have wronged us to feel pain. Um, If we've been deeply hurt, at best we want the other person to come to us pleading for forgiveness and reconciliation. And, of course, there are good reasons to forgive. Um, A psychologist will tell you that uh, it's wise to forgive for your own psychological health. Some other religions promote forgiveness. But the the main reason, the unique reason for Christians to forgive is because we are forgiven ourselves. And forgiveness in the church is a spiritual work. A transformed believer forgives the other believer in obedience to Christ. And this is done in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not dependent on the other Christian repenting. There's a mantra through the Bible, uh, time after time after time, of the need to forgive because we've been forgiven. That uh, comes up periodically in Psalms, uh, that we need to forgive as we're forgiven. The Lord's Prayer talks about forgiving sins as we forgive others. In Ephesians 4.32, the last verse of the passage, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, Jesus um, speaks about forgiving and forgiveness in the parable that Heather read from Matthew 18. The first servant, um, so we remember the characters, there's a king, um, who's also the master, there's a servant, the first servant, there's a second servant, and there's a few other servants in the general vicinity. So the first servant owed a massive debt to his king and master, um, equated, it equated to about 20 years' wages. And the king said uh, he would send him to a debtor's prison until the debt was paid. The problem was that the debt was so large uh, that it could never be repaid. And Matthew 18.26 rec- uh, records the servant's response. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. Then the servant went out and um, he confronted a second servant uh, who owed him some money. He owed him about a day's wages. So the first servant had a, uh, a good technique of reconciliation. He started choking the second servant. And in verse 29 details what the second servant did. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison 
until he could pay the debt. So when the master heard this, he called uh, the first servant in and said, you wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his, um, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Jesus' comment, uh, his short, pithy comment was, this is how my heavenly father will t- treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And we, like the first servant, owe, uh, we have a massive debt a debt that is impossible to repay. Our debt is to God. Our sin is so profound that we deserve death. It was such a uh, massive debt that a huge price had to be paid for it and uh, to, to Jesus for our forgiveness and the price was a cross. So from this perspective, as believers who've been forgiven much, we are called to forgive a relatively minuscule amount. So the take-home lesson from today, if you don't retain anything else, is that we've been forgiven this much by God and we're called to forgive this much. So Jesus said that our forgiveness of others should be unlimited. We're to forgive and to forgive from our heart. And Jesus makes it crystal clear that if we do not forgive, we're not forgiven. Well, that's all well and good. So this is probably ground um, most of us have covered before. So we know that we hurt each other. Um, We can see why we need to forgive as believers. Um, We know that we're broken people. But the hard question is how to forgive. Um, And forgiveness requires a spiritual transformation to enable us to forgive and forgive from the heart. We need the right perspective. When we're confronted by sin, we need to revisit the perspective to remember what we what we ourselves have been forgiven of. We need to be confessing our own sins, uh, repenting and, where appropriate, seeking reconciliation. Then we need to ask, is the so-called offence really sinful or is it just something that irritates you? Um, In the 8 o'clock service I said, well, an offence to me might be the way Joe dresses. Now, this is not gossip because I said it at 8am. So you may or may not find um, the way Joe dresses offensive and um, I know that smarts for Joe. Um, And also we have to ask, is the sin trivial? Uh, Is it just inappropriate to pursue it and should we just let it through to the keeper? And when we're dealing with uh, someone sinning against against us, we need to pray for the right attitude, the right motives. Um, It's not for us to seek vengeance. Instead, we should be focused on the restoration of relationships and unity Um, we should be gently correcting our Christian brother for his own sake. And it's clear from what Derek said last week from Chapter 4 that it's not 
wise to try to resolve disputes when we're in a rage. So verse 22 and 32 speak of the right attitude. Verse, uh, verse 2 from Ephesians 4, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as uh, in Christ God forgave you. So in that verse 22, you see that forgive each other is bracketed with uh, the attitude of being kind and compassionate and also forgiving each other is bracketed with uh, Christ forgiving us. So how to forgive? We need to be spiritually transformed. We need to be praying for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, uh, praying to be loving and to seeking the unity of the body of Christ. We need the right perspective and the right attitude. And it's very important that we remember forgiveness is not dependent um, on repentance by the other person, whether at church, home, school or work. So if we're all going to um, repent to each other <coughs> so that we can forgive well, uh, at morning tea, well, morning tea is going to go for about six hours and during the six hours we'll probably sin again so there'll be another hour on top of that as we all repent um, there probably is a place for some repentance, but um, forgiveness is not dependent on the other person repenting. But where does this leave us? Um, with all this stuff about forgiveness, are there still some hard conversations to be had? Um, are we merely leaving all bad behaviour unchallenged? Sin is sin. And we need to gently and constructively confront our Christian friends about serious sin. Uh, if there's bullying in the church, spiritual bullying, it needs to be taken seriously and dealt with, especially if leaders are involved, and that calls for a lot of wisdom. Matters about money need to be scrutinised. Uh, Paul was talking about thieving and... and uh, the need to be right with money. And also we're to be above reproach with sexual matters, um, especially with leaders, but certainly uh, all of us need to be above reproach, whether that involves porn or attitude to people of the opposite sex. Now, church discipline uh, is probably something we could do a lot better at, um, but as we do it, we need to remember the right perspective and the right attitude to keep in mind. Well, what about with issues in the family or school or work? Um, action needs to be taken about bullying where possible, especially at school. Um, we need to be examples of Christ-likeness in all our areas of influence and crime needs to be dealt with by the authorities. Well, to conclude, forgiveness, salvation and a healthy body of Christ. We've been saved into relationship with God and into the body of Christ. However, as fallen people, um, 
We still have capacity to hurt others and to be hurt by others. We sin against each other. So there's a need for forgiveness, repentance and reconciliation. Otherwise, as individuals and as a church, we go down a vortex of bitterness and division. An unforgiving, divided church is distracted from Jesus' mission of making disciples. Um, <clears throat> a, um, a bitter and distracted church uh, is also an unloving community that is unattractive to outsiders and makes the church just another dysfunctional club. I mean, if you come here and uh, for a visit, you see people are... Uh, gossiping, about e- gossiping about each other, um, then why bother? Christians need to be different. Well, forgiveness is defined as to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offence, flaw or mistake. But as we've said, Christian forgiveness is so much more, in the, uh, especially in the church context. It's a spiritual work where a believer who has been wrong, forgives the other person in obedience to Christ. The believer has been spiritually transformed by the Holy Spirit and that's why he forgives, he or she forgives. And this in turn promotes reconciliation and the healthy, a healthy body of Christ. So as believers we don't just uh, forgive for our psychological health, it's more than this. Um, Clearly, because we've been forgiven by Christ, we need to forgive others. And our key responsibility is to forgive and forgive from the heart. We need the right attitude, the right perspective. We need to repent of our own sins, to seek reconciliation where we have wronged others and to be discerning about what is and isn't a serious sin. So as in verse 32, we need the right attitude. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you that in the Lord Jesus you have provided a mechanism where we can be forgiven ourselves of our many sins. We are broken and dysfunctional and we generate hurt um, that impacts on other people. Forgive, uh, forgive us and help us to forgive others. We know, Lord, that um, it's not a matter of waiting for others to repent and come to us, but we should have a changed attitude, a spiritual transformation, so that we forgive. But help us also to um, have those hard conversations where necessary so that we can... Um, teach and encourage our fellow believers um, in their walk with you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.